The Arkansas Supreme Court decided two criminal cases this week, and the Court of Appeals decided one. In Beard v. State, 2022, Arc 7, the Arkansas Supreme Court, in affirming convictions of rape and sexual assault of children, rejected the singular appellate argument of error in denying a continuance to defend it because of his newly retained attorney. Justice Wynn explained, On August 6, three weeks before trial, Beard's new counsel entered his appearance and filed a motion to substitute counsel and a motion for continuance. The trial court granted the motion to substitute counsel on August 13 and set a hearing on the motion for continuance for August 17, 10 days before trial. At the hearing, Beard's counsel argued that he was unable to adequately prepare for trial because he did not have access to discovery materials or other materials necessary for Beard's defense. Specifically, Beard's counsel claimed that he needed time to subpoena certain phone records from AT&T, Beard's cell phone carrier. Beard's counsel told the trial court that he had obtained the state's file earlier that day and previous defense counsel's file a few days earlier. He also said he needed time to advise Beard about a plea offer. The trial court did not object to a continuance. The state told the trial court that it did not intend to introduce additional evidence or call witnesses who had not testified at the first trial. The trial court denied the motion and stated that Beard's counsel was capable of getting ready for trial, reasoning that he had handled the prior appeal and that the state did not intend to call any witnesses other than those who had testified at the first trial. The trial court offered to sign any orders directing AT&T to expedite the disclosure of the phone records. Beard's counsel did not prepare any such order. We hold that the trial court did not abuse its discretion in denying Beard's motion for continuance. As the trial court reasoned, Beard's counsel had handled his first appeal and so was familiar with the case. The state did not call any witnesses who had not testified at the first trial. Beard's counsel had the previous defense counsel's file and the state's file before the hearing on the motion for continuance. And Beard did not specify which witnesses he would call or defenses he would present if his counsel had more time to prepare. Nor has Beard shown prejudice. Beard argues that he was prejudiced by not having time to obtain the text messages he exchanged with J.C. and with T.M. and M.L.'s mother, noting several references to those messages in his trial testimony. We are not persuaded. As discussed above, Beard did not show how those messages, which were allegedly exchanged well after the incidents occurred and after the victim, victims disclosed them, would have assisted his defense. The denial of a continuance to get these messages does not amount to a denial of justice. Beard also generally contends that the trial court's failure to give his counsel additional time to prepare for trial was prejudicial, but he does not specify what his counsel would have done differently if granted more time. This court will not presume prejudice when the appellate offers no proof of it. End of quote. This opinion is helpful because it notes while a trial court may allow a continuance where there is a change in counsel close to trial, it is not required to do so. Quote, this court has acknowledged that a last-minute change in counsel may occasion or require a continuance in order to give the attorney time to prepare. Green v. State, 
335 ARC 1. A factor the trial court considers in deciding whether to grant a request to substitute counsel is whether the change in counsel will necessitate a continuance. Once the trial court has permitted a change in counsel, the new counsel must be accorded sufficient time to prepare for trial. End of quote. End of decision. In State v. Scott, 2022 ARC 8, the Arkansas Supreme Court reversed and remanded a case where defendant kidnapped two minors without any evidence of a sexual assault and reasoned that under the wording of the registration statute for a sex offender, defendant must register. Here, defendant was acquitted of the charges on grounds of mental disease, but that does not affect the result since the registration statute addresses acquittal on these grounds because kidnapping is defined as a sex offense. Justice Womack wrote, The state of Arkansas appeals from an order of the Pulaski County Circuit Court acquitting Appley Daryl Scott by reason of mental disease or defect of one count of theft of property and two counts each of kidnapping and first-degree false imprisonment of minors C.A. and E.M. The state's sole point on appeal is that the circuit court erred by failing to require Scott to register as a sex offender pursuant to the Sex Offender Registration Act of 1997, codified at Arkansas Code Annotated Sections 1212-901-930. We reverse and remand. On July 6, 2020, Scott found a running car occupied by two minors, C.A. and E.M. He entered the vehicle and drove away. While in the car, E.M. called her aunt and told her Scott had stolen the vehicle and that she and C.A. were still inside. The aunt then received a text message from E.M. advising that she was at McCain Mall in North Little Rock. Officers from the North Little Rock Police Department located the vehicle in the mall parking lot and found the two minors unharmed. Scott was arrested inside the mall. The state charged Scott with one count of theft of property and two counts each of kidnapping and first-degree false imprisonment of C.A. and E.M. In response to the charges, Scott filed a notice of his intent to rely on the defense of lack of criminal responsibility. The circuit court ordered Scott to be examined to determine his fitness to proceed and criminal responsibility. Dr. J.M. Wood performed Scott's examination. Dr. Wood concluded that at the time of the examination, Scott suffered from mental disease but not mental defect and diagnosed Scott with several disorders, including bipolar disorder. Dr. Wood found that due to mental disease, Scott lacked the capacity to appreciate the criminality of his conduct, and he lacked the capacity to conform his conduct to the requirements of the law. The Circuit Court held a hearing on Dr. Wood's report on May 6, 2021. The state and the defense agreed that Scott should be acquitted due to lack of criminal responsibility, and the Circuit Court agreed. As a result of Scott's acquittal, the state requested that Scott be required to register as a sex offender. The state maintained that pursuant to Arkansas Code Annotated Section 1212-905-A3, a person acquitted on the grounds of mental disease or defect of a sex offense is required to register under the Sex Offender Registration Act. It explained that the Act defines sex offense to include kidnapping and false imprisonment when the victim is a minor and the offender is not the victim's parent. 
The state reasoned that because C.A. and E.M. are minors and Scott is not their parent, he was required to register as a sex offender. In response, Scott argued the legislature did not intend for the registration requirement to apply when the offense was not sexual in nature. He also noted that he had not been adjudicated guilty of any offense. End of quote. The Supreme Court decided this appeal on the basis of statutory language which says if a person is acquitted of a defined offense under grounds of mental disease or defect, they nevertheless must register. The statutory definition of a sex offense includes kidnapping in certain instances and does not require evidence of commission of a sexual crime. Quote, Arkansas Code Annotated Section 1212905 designates the persons required to register as a sex offender under the Act. The registration requirement applies to a person who is acquitted on or after August 1, 1997, on the grounds of mental disease or defect for a sex offense, aggravated sex offense, or sexually violent offense. Art Code and Section 1212905A3. The Act defines sex offense to include the offenses of kidnapping under Section 511102A and first-degree false imprisonment under Section 511103 when the victim is a minor and the offender is not the parent of the victim. Art Code and Section 1212903-13A-1QR. The Act's express language requires a person to register if he or she has been acquitted of a sex offense on the grounds of mental disease or defect. The Act further specifies that kidnapping and false imprisonment are deemed sex offenses if the victim is a minor and the offender is not the victim's parent. It is undisputed that Scott is not the parent of the minor victims. Thus, Scott's acquittal by reason of mental disease or defect of two counts each of kidnapping and first-degree false imprisonment of minors who are not his children requires him to register as a sex offender. End of quote. End of decision. In Cooper v. Cooper, 2022, ARC App 25, the Arkansas Court of Appeals rejected an argument that potential jurors should have been required to remove their masks that they were wearing because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Judge Hickson, in affirming the drug and firearm conventions, reasoned. Appellate does not challenge the sufficiency of the evidence. Instead, he argues that the circuit court abused its discretion when it did not require the persons serving on the veneer to remove their face masks during voir dire. More specifically, he argues that the partially covered faces of the veneermen during voir dire prevented the defendant from observing the veneerman's demeanor and was inadequate voir dire. He argues on appeal that such a restriction inhibited his ability to exercise his peremptory strikes. The state argues that appellant's argument is without merit in light of our Supreme Court's per curiam opinion that was in effect at the time of appellant's trial, which was also acknowledged by appellant in his brief. See in Ray response to the COVID-19 pandemic, 2020 ARC 249. We agree with the state. End of quote. The opinion concluded, quote, because our Supreme Court had mandated that everyone in the courtroom use face masks and did not delineate any exceptions, we cannot say that the circuit court abused its discretion in following our Supreme Court's mandate. End of quote. 
The Procurium states in pertinent part, Today we announce the following new protocols to resume some in-person proceedings while maintaining the safety of the proceedings participants along with the safety of the greater public. First, there shall be no more than 50 people in the courtroom or venue where court is being conducted, provided there is adherence to the Arkansas Department of Health guidelines. These guidelines include everyone in the room using face masks or coverings, social distancing of at least six feet, mandatory body temperature checks and health questionnaires before entry into either the building or the courtroom, having hand soap and sanitizer available, and sanitizing high-touch areas during the day and after the day's proceedings. These guidelines shall apply to every person in the room used for court proceedings. End of quote. End of decision.